This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Things are ticking along nicely for Nigel Clough's men as the season begins with a point on the road and a comfortable cup win at home. But can the Stags maintain their rhythm and turn the early optimistic hope into something more fruitful? Tonight we'll reflect on the opening day at Crewe as the Stags surrender a two-goal lead, lose a man and play until gone midnight. Alright, slight exaggeration, but you know what we're talking about. Plus, we'll chat all things Carabao Cup as Mansfield enjoy cruise control at home against Grimsby. We'll also talk about early standouts, tactical thoughts and much, much more in between, including your comments, questions and opinions from the live feed. So you know what to do. Get involved in the comments now and have your say on your team. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. It's the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Good evening and welcome to Not Mansfield Matters HQ. Uh, tonight we're bringing you the podcast, or I'm bringing you the podcast, um, from a Premier Inn in Cardiff work trip. But I'm representing the Stags. I've got my Stag shirt on and if I see any Newport fans in the lobby downstairs, I'll give them some stick. Fortunately, joining me to bring a little bit of Mansfield back to the proceedings, uh, it's the man who literally has Mansfield in his name. That is the man who goes around begging players for shirts. Let's say hello, good evening to Nick of Mansfield Town Shirts. Same evening, Nick. How are you doing, mate? You're right. Very, very good. Good to have you with us again. Uh, the voice of the Stags, although he's not really got much of a voice tonight, it's Mr Alan Wilson. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, Nick. Good evening, everybody. And making his debut on the Mansfield Matters podcast tonight, a Stags fan who lives just a stone's throw from where I used to live. But as soon as he speaks, you'll think, did you used to live in Canada, Craig? No, I did not. His name is Taras. Good evening and welcome to the podcast. Good evening. Thanks for having me. 
As you're uh, a guest and joining us tonight, Taras, before we delve uh, into the show, just let people know a little bit more um, about you, really. Um, yeah, give us a give us a little bit of an insight into uh, into you and uh, how you've come to uh, um, yeah watch the stags. Sure thing. Yeah, so I moved here four years ago, just before COVID was declared a pandemic. Uh, timed it just perfectly, obviously, for my first year here. We weren't allowed in stadiums, so um, my dad, my the link is my dad was born in Mansfield, born and raised. Uh, he went out to Canada in the early '80s, had me. Um, so he's he was he's been watching Stags since he was just uh, um, since he was a young young kid, really. Um, and then I moved back. I moved here, and then he moved back six months after me. Once we were all allowed back in stadiums, I just kind of ran it past him. Do you want to get a season ticket? Just something for him and I to do together. Um, so I guess this is our third season now having season tickets and really gone into supporting and following uh, Mansfield Town and um, don't get to every away game, but obviously we're at every home game and we were at Crew on Saturday. Um, been to been to a few away games through the like since we became season ticket holders, but uh, yeah, that's basically basically my story and where I'm at. And where's the uh, where is the the seat when you're at home games? Where is uh, Taras's view usually from? Ian Greaves upper, um, so basically just above the Mansfield bench. Yeah, which which uh, which block? Give us specifics because I'm N, so we're we're about to see you. Uh, we are. Um... I'm trying to think what block we are. Um, are you in the middle? Yeah, so we're where the media boxes, where the press boxes in halfway line. I'm just to the left of just to the left of that as you look. So we're to just the to the right, so we must yeah. be block. Yeah, I think you're yeah. yeah L then yeah L yeah block L yeah yeah. So we're we're basically parallels really. You're on one side, so you you're in one half. I'm in the other. So yeah, more or less. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously, you know, you mentioned that you've been watching Stags a, a couple of years, and you got in, into it through your dad. How are you finding it as a uh, more of a fresh-faced Mansfield fan. You optimistic? Uh, what what sort of gave you the bug when you first uh, first went through the turnstiles? Um, well, the first season that we were allowed back in stadiums was, um, you know, I thought thought it was a really good season. Uh, probably the highlight so far would be the the two 0 away victory at Bradford. That was a good day out. Um, Reece Oates put us one 0 up and. One of the best, uh, probably one of the best goals I've seen live. Um, that that whole season, I just felt like a sense of camaraderie around the club. Uh, just felt like a good connection, kind of a good family club to follow. Obviously, like you said, they're just on my doorstep. So um, last season, obviously disappointing just to finish outside the playoffs, just as cruelly uh, as cruelly as it was. But it's been a good start to this season. Hopefully, can can build on that on Saturday against Morecambe and. Uh, Hopefully, we can actually get the job done this season. Yeah, fingers crossed that we can. Well, it's great to have you with us. Uh, thanks Thank so you. much for, for for coming on tonight and taking the place of uh, Clive, who can't be with us uh, this <laughs> evening. Neither can Cam nor Nathan, who, to be fair to him, is a little bit uh, busy. And we we might get Nick back later. We're not quite sure. I know he's uh, he, he's playing the role of dad tonight, and uh, so he, he may pop on a little bit later on. Alan, um, I'll come to you, even though uh, I'll, I'll try to use you as... Uh, as I'll give you as long as gap as I can tonight because I know you want to save the voice for Saturday, don't you? You've come down with with a bit of a bug. Alan Wilson's turned into Alan Barry White Wilson tonight. <laughs> I don't know where it's come from, Craig. All this lovely weather 
and all of a sudden I've got a cold from I don't know where. Oh. So it is what it is. So we'll carry on anyway. It's not a problem. Absolutely. As always, as well, you guys at home can get involved and have your say on your team in the comments. All you need to do is leave us a comment, question or opinion, and uh, we'll try and read it out during the show. Just like Jamie's done to kick us off tonight. Hi, guys. He says, it's a shame about Saturday, but a good draw in the end. Played well on Tuesday night. And do you think we would would have signed Flint if Dave Sharp was there? Um, Taras, I'll start with you. Uh, um, we'll, we'll go. We'll go on the, uh, the the Flint signing. I think it's been one in which has been in in the works for for a while. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure it's that there's, there's much of an impact that someone like David Sharp would have had, other than basically being the one to to sign it off, dot the i's and cross the t's. You look at Aiden Flynn, I mean, I can't think of a bigger player that Stag signed when David Sharp was at the club. So uh, it's a complete hypothetical, really. But um, terrific signing. Obviously, his pedigree speaks speaks for himself. Um, you know, he's played played how many EFL games, league games mm-hmm. he's played. Always played at a higher level. Um, obviously, I know he was on loan at Sheffield Wednesday, who obviously got in the uh, League Cup last night in the draw. But uh yeah, incredible signing. I think it gives Clough um, a good a good problem uh, to you know to have at the back. He's he's kind of spoiled for choice at the back, assuming everyone stays fit. Um, but I mean, it's tough to say whether or not he would have come if David Sharp was still at the club. I th- from how I understand it, it was more of a uh, proximity from to where he's from and kind of a location of, of where the club. Uh, where Mansfield is, because uh, he's a local guy, I believe. So um, I'm happy with the signing. Uh, I think it immediately just sort of gives you that presence at the back, which I think uh, Kilgore gives, but obviously Flint just a little bit more experienced. We saw it on Saturday, Alan, when he had to come off the bench when we went down to, to 10 men. And then, of course, we saw more of Flint on Tuesday night where he played 70-odd minutes uh, against Grimsby. And it's exactly what we expected of him, isn't he? He's just calm, commanding, and a real presence in uh, in both boxes. Yeah, and he reminds me very much of Kilcline, Brian Kilcline. Very, very same stature, you know. Edge the ball, there's no nonsense, you know. But he can take, he can do a pass. <clears throat> I was quite surprised on Tuesday. Obviously, Nigel's taking uh, taking the idea of that he wants them to play out all the time which works 90% of the time. But, you know, the balls the two are playing now, they've got no problem. And uh, I do like the looks of him, you know. I think Cargill might uh, start sweating for his uh, position if he, you know, if he gets fitter. Yeah, I think so. It'll be it'll be a tough choice uh, back there. Uh, Nick, welcome back. We'll try and get you a word in before you have to run off and play uh, uh, Daddy Nightcare again. Um, obviously, on Tuesday night, we saw, we just talked about Aidan Flint there. Um, we saw him get 70 minutes. We saw him come off the bench as well at, at Crew. And like Alan was just saying there, he's exactly what we expected from him, calm and commanding. And uh, I think Nigel Clough will have a tough choice on his hands, won't he, uh, once uh, everyone's back fit and available. Yeah, I think um, I think he might go with Flint on Saturday. I thought well, he, he made one mistake at Crew, didn't he, with the ball bounced. And somehow, despite yeah. the size of him, it somehow bounced over his head. Um, but after that, I thought he looked—you know—he looked different class, didn't he? I, I can't see many people getting near him in the, in the air, um, and I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's—you know—he wins the ball in both boxes, um, which is massive for us. We 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 do struggle with height sometimes in, in there, but 
Cargill's an interesting one because Clough seems to like him. So, um, yeah, it's interesting to see uh, to see where he what he does on Saturday. But I, I find it difficult to leave Flint out. I think. Well, it's an interesting one with Cargill because obviously you know I'm trying to sort of pick between him and Flint for your centre half pairing. It, it, it really is a difficult one, but. Then we had the red card at, at Crew, and I, I don't know about uh, anyone else. Taras, maybe, maybe you can throw in on this. I actually thought when Cargill went to, to left back or left side centre half, and Aiken sort of dropped in at, at left wing back for a little bit as well, I, I felt he, he, he looked really comfortable. And actually, I wouldn't be too surprised to see him start in a back four at left back on Saturday against Morecambe. I, I said the exact same thing to my dad because obviously. Um, they've got Bowery who who's <laughs> back, and I said to my dad when when obviously McDonald got sent off and they moved Cargill over after they brought brought Flint on. I said to my dad, he looks really adaptable and looks really comfortable. And like I said earlier, I think it's uh, it's a good it's a good problem for for Clough to have. Uh, assuming everyone's fit, obviously people are going to be competing for positions. Um, but Cargill was probably definitely one of one of my shouts for men of the match on Saturday. I thought he just looked, um, like I said, really comfortable, really fluid, uh, didn't really put a foot wrong. Um, and yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, if, if we can avoid having Bowery back there, uh, I'd much rather have Cargo at left back. Yeah, um, it's a, it, I, I certainly think that you would tend to go with more of a... Uh... Uh, an actual natural defender, but I think yeah. what Craig says in the in the comments, Alan, um, we're clearly learning from last season. Joint top scorers, but ship goals. Defensive recruitment has been great, and we're demonstrating those intentions are from the start of this season. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that definitely. But uh, it's just a shame, isn't it? Although I did see uh, Aaron Lewis have a bit of a trying a, a bit of a long throw. I don't know whether that's in his armory. But it's a shame we haven't got Uitor or bottle to, you know, to put the ball where it hurts for Flint to do the damage. I'm just, now I'm just starting to drool thinking about Hewitt launching a long throw and Flint getting on the yeah. end of it. Honestly, that's the, the one thing I will... I think you can basically have a, a klaxon that Craig will talk about this every single podcast. And that is the fact that if we had a long throw, you might as well just hand us the title because, honestly, we, with that back line and a, a long throw, I think we'd cause some real damage. Um, mm. Scott in the comments says, generally the clubs approach um, players or agents in transfer deals. But with regards to Flint, I have a feeling his agent appro approached us. Rumour was QPR wanted in both Clough and Flint refer referenced the location was key. Otherwise, he was very out, uh, out of our league. Uh, let's be honest. Just my thought on the deal. Either way, I think it's a win-win to have him in our defence. And do you know what? Sometimes, Taras, sometimes these things do fall into your hands. And if you've got a, a good stable manager, a good reputation as a club, and you, you're constantly up there, especially for a player of his age, it, it's no wonder that he wants to come in and slot in and be stable and after moving up and down the country for the last few years in his career, be a little bit more close to home, back almost back on the doorstep of where he started, back at Alfreton. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, at his age, I don't know what his family situation's like, but I know, I, I, I believe he did have uh, interest from QPR. I mean, at his age, moving down to London at this stage of his career, uh Let's be honest. I think they're going to struggle this season. I think they're in real trouble, uh, trouble in the championship. So um, he's probably got more of a 
more of an opportunity to have a better season with Mansfield if, if we're going to be pushing for promotion as opposed to a club like QPR who seems like just in a bit of a mess on, on and off the pitch. So um, absolutely, use it to your advantage. Um, you know, like we were just, just discussing before we went live, it's, uh, it's a good place in England. It's central to almost everything. Um, so absolutely, if you can use that to your advantage, go for it. Not quite sure you'll be saying that after you've lived there for 32 years, but <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, keep your comments coming in and have your say on your team. Alan, let's uh, switch our attention to crew on opening day of the season then before we start to drool over some of the football and, and moves that we played um, against Grimsby. To be fair, I thought they were there against crew. I, I think um, we were perhaps a little bit unlucky to come away with, with, with just the point, but I guess uh, when you go down to 10 men and you do have that little bit of ring rustiness in terms of that first goal that we gave away. I think, all in all, it, it's uh, it's a fair result. I just got my thoughts entirely. I just thought it was a good point to come away with. I know some people say, you know, we've dropped two points. But I could see Mansfield at position would have lost that game. And, you know, it didn't yeah. look as though that was going to happen. You know, I watched the highlights back and it just didn't just look comfortable even when they had 10 men but really comfortable and it bodes well for future yeah. matches. i think the, the playing style is there everybody knows exactly what they're going to be doing or what they you know they've been told to do asked to do whatever just looks good you know from uh, back to front yeah i was just going to say there taras i think even with, with 10 men we looked in control of the game which is something you you certainly wouldn't have expected or, or thought of for Mansfield last season in that position. Absolutely. No, completely agree. I thought uh, when Aikens ran into the box and blasted it towards goal and it hit Oates, I mean, that was that was definitely going. Um, I thought even with 10 men, there was only going to be one winner. Dare I say, I know you and I have spoken about this before, Craig, dare I say it's probably one of the only post-match interviews that I've watched where I've agreed with more or less everything Clough has said. Um, you know, I thought he kind of just summarized everything that we've just been talking about very, very well. And, uh, you know, if you, if you didn't, if you weren't counting how many players were on the pitch, uh, you, you wouldn't have known that, uh, that we were down to 10 men. So uh, I think it bodes well for the future. It shows that the mentality has, um, I think it's maybe changed a little bit inside the camp, which is good. Because uh, definitely last season, I agree. I think that's a game that they would have gone on to lose. Yeah, absolutely. Keep your comments uh, coming in. Let's, uh, Alan. We've got a, a direct question for you. Um, what time is yeah. my binging collection? It's it's, <laughs> it's two different uh, eras, though. I can understand what Paul's saying, but it's two totally different eras. I mean, you'd got your Barry Foster, Colin Foster, Kevin Bird, and Sandy Pate. We're talking legends, all four of them, you know, and there weren't many people who could get past them. But, you know, obviously, with the with the defenders that we've got now, you kill go, you flint. And I'm starting to like Callum a lot. So now I weren't struck of him. And I must admit, you know, he's made me eat my own words because he gets up and down that wing like one out, don't he? And he's yeah. not frightened to take man on but yeah. i think it's different eras but the back four that we've got yes paul i do 
Yeah, I'll come on to the uh, the Callum Johnson thing a little bit later on because there's a reason that I've called tonight's episode Metronome. So more on that in a little bit. But just for the audio listeners, the question which Paul posed to Alan was, would Alan think that this defence that we have now is as good as the defence uh, the Stags had back in the 70s? Uh, going back to crew, Craig says, I do think if we'd have kept 11, Early days and the players will become sharper and quicker. Scott says last season when Leighton Orient came to the mill, you could tell they was the best side in the league with the way they passed us off the park ball game. I know it's early doors, but we look so comfortable in possession, just like they did. And I think like Nigel Clough sort of said in his post-match interview on Tuesday, Taras, as well, it's we've been trying to play this way for, for a long time. And actually, if you think back to when we got to the playoff final, we were playing this way. We remember when we were talking about a midfield of Ollie Clark, Ryan Sturk, George Maris um, at the start of that campaign. And we were saying it's one of the best midfields in League Two. Well, only one of those players has left the club and we've kept the other two and added quality in that area. I still think we've got one of the best midfields in League Two. But the, the problem was last season, we just didn't, we weren't consistent enough. We changed system. We've gone back to the system and, and the way of, and the better, more um, adaptable way of playing, which we did in that playoff season. And I think it's starting to show again. So, yeah, we've been trying to play it a long time, but I think finally we've got the not only the right jigsaw pieces, but also the right jigsaw picture that Nigel Clough is putting together. Mm-hmm. And you've got to give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe we have been playing this way, and like you said, just haven't had the right pieces. Um, you know, obviously when Lapsley was sold, uh, last season, I think a few people were a bit kind of what's going on here. But when you look at who they brought in, I believe it was in January, they got brought Keyword done and uh, Reed in. Yeah. Uh, you know, and obviously you look at the start that uh, Keyword Dunn's had to, to this start of this season. Boateng kind of looks like he's benefited from a good summer as well. Um, I don't think he quite kicked on kind of as he would have hoped last season. Um but yeah, I mean, like midfield, I wouldn't say is is the issue really. Um, so far, I know it's only two games. It's kind of kind of difficult to to pinpoint an issue. So long, long may it continue. As long as they play, you know, you look at Saturday's performance away, obviously away from home. If you can play like that at home, you're, you're going to boss a lot of teams. You're going to turn a lot of teams over. So just hopefully, people can stay fit. Um, obviously, he, it's going to limit. You know, if people stay fit, people, it's going to limit Clough uh, having to, you know, ch- chop and change and potentially change shape. Um, so hopefully, like I said, health is going to be a big one. Uh, more questions for Alan. Uh, this one, uh, which colour bin does my milk bottle go in? No. Um, <laughs> I'm in a daft mood in the sun all day. Um, it's uh, from Craig and it says, Alan, does Kilgore remind you of George Foster? He does me. Most definitely. Run through a brick wall. He's a you big, know, and he, he's got line. goals in him as well. And, yeah. I know uh, Foster, I don't think he scored, you know, a hat full of goals. But I think Kilgore could do that. He's got that in his armoury. Mm. And yes, he does. He reminds me very much of George Foster. And there's another question on Kilgore as well. Uh, Taras, I'll put this one to you. Will Kilgore stay captain? It was quite interesting and a little bit funny on uh, Tuesday night to see it. Because obviously, Ollie Clark came off the bench and got... Uh, a little bit of uh, minutes in the tank. Ollie Clark is club captain. And ev- whenever he came off the bench last season, James Perch straight away would go and give him the captain's armband. Mm, yeah. He came on, 
Kilgore went to give him the armband and Ollie Clark went no and and kept it with him. So I don't, I don't think there's anything in that. I mean, I, no. I'm all for a... I said this a few weeks ago. There's, there's more than one type of captain for me. I think I was having this conversation at Crew. There's three types of captain. There's a club captain who is a, a caring person off the pitch. You know, is your missus okay? Is, is your kid settling into schools? You need anything? Do you need any support? That sort of thing, which I think Ollie Clark does really, really well. Someone who's mm-hmm. a, a caring player, a, a go-to guy. The sort of guy that, you know, if you had a problem, you know you could give him a ring and he'd sit and talk to you on the end of a phone. A club man. Then there's a head it, kick it, you do this, you do that sort of uh, captain, a leader on the pitch, a vocal leader on the pitch, which Kilgore certainly fits into. And then there's an all-rounder, someone who will do the club captain side of things, the love, the care, the um, the whole package, but also someone who lives and bleeds the, the football club, which the last one for me we had was, was Adam Murray. And I think mm. we're getting an... Alfie Kilgore reminds me of Christian Pierce's leadership style. And for me, I would, I'd see no reason why, unless Ollie Clark came back into the team and, and, and was starting games on a regular basis, I see no reason why Kil, why Clough would, would take it off Kilgore. I think Kilgore's uh, certainly uh, one for the future and maybe it's a, a sign of things uh, things to come. Completely agree. I think when you look at when Kilgore came into the club last season, he acclimated <coughs> really well. Um, and the thing is, I mean, the elephant in the room is, room is Clark just he hasn't really been available throughout when you look at like the last calendar year. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't I don't see any harm in having Kilgore. At, you know, obviously he's at the back and having that kind of strong, uh, you know, demanding presence. Being, you know, being a captain, I, I see no issue with it. Yeah, Adam, what about you? I think it all depends how many games Ollie Clark plays. If he comes to the front and gets fit, I think he would be the first choice. But you know, like you said, and uh, everybody, you know, there's one or two other comments about Kilgore. You know, I wouldn't have a problem him being captain. And it, you know, you don't know what goes off behind the scenes. It might be a, you know, like a penalty taker. That's Aiken's job. He goes and picks the ball up. Now, Clark might, you know, as soon as he comes on, that might be the way to go. Here's, I don't really know. Here's but, a question uh, for you. Would, would he even get in the side now? Who would he replace? Taras, it's like you yeah. read my mind because that was yeah. literally the, the, the question yeah. that I was going to next. Yeah. A fully fit Ollie Clark would always be in my team. Yeah, I have. I know agree. what you're saying. And I, and then I know, uh, you know, who would he replace? Probably at the moment. <laughs> It's hard to it see replacing it. Yeah, it is. But you know, a fully fit or you know, guns blazing Ollie Clark would be a mad team. Yeah, I, I, because he's that type of player. I have to agree. I don't think we've seen the best of Ollie Clark this calendar year. No. Um with injuries and whatnot. Um he's a loyal club man. You know, it's only his second club after the Bristol Ravers and he's in his thirties. Um he's a he is a good player, he just needs to stay fit and in, and injury free. Um, it's tough to see who he would come in and replace in, in the midfield as it is at the at the minute. And I think he'll have to really work really hard to, to get back yeah. in. But on the um on, on the flip side of that, you know, that's actually great because if those three players are performing ahead of him and getting in the side, 
also as captain, his mindset is I have to set the example. I have to be the one who sets the example. So he works four times as hard to get back into that starting lineup. Yeah, it's just, it's quite uh, frustrating, I think is the word I'm after. You know, with him, all these calf injuries, because it always seems yeah. to be the calf, mm. you know, with Ollie. I just hope there's not going to be a long-running saga this season where, you know, he plays two or three games and then gets a calf because he tend last season, it might not be as bad this season because last season, sometimes they rush back a little bit too soon because of the players that we needed for the injuries. But that's touch wood. That's not the case this year. So they might ease him back in and, you know, it might alleviate that problem. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just a little bit on that uh, Grimsby game then on Tuesday night. First uh, home game of the uh, the the new season, first competitive home game uh, anyway against a fellow League Two side in in Grimsby, and to be fair, it was a two 0 win, Taras, but it could have been uh, a lot lot more, and I think um, it was arguably one of the best footballing displays we've we've seen at One Course Stadium from a Mansfield side in a in a long time. Looked in complete control, and it was just it was it was it was great to watch, fluid. Fast-paced, energetic, edge of the seat stuff, and uh, I think that's probably only maybe sixty percent of uh, of what we're actually capable of delivering. Mm. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it on Tuesday, but from everything I read and everything I saw, the highlights and whatnot, uh, it looked like, it looked like a similar game to to how they set up at, at Crew. Um, obviously, just getting the win this time. Um, I, I did I did go onto Grimsby's uh, Twitter page and. Even their fans were, were saying fair play. You just completely played us off the, off the off the park, and obviously going there in a couple of weeks' time, hopefully can replicate that uh, you know that same effort away at their place. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that did happen on Tuesday night, Alan, was uh, Jordan Bowery bingo, um, and that was uh, <laughs> yeah. an appearance at left back for uh, the Stags number nine. To be fair, I thought he had a decent game. I think everybody did, basically, but I think he did all right. I mean, second half, he came more into his own. He was up and down the wing, you know, like uh, Callum was on the other side. And I thought he had a reasonable game, to be fair. Would he be your left-back on Saturday afternoon, though, or would you be playing Bailey Cargill? If Bailey Cargill hasn't got the back spasms, I would put Cargill there, definitely. Mm. Or even Lewis and put Maris in. Yeah, because you know, Lewis can play there as well, can't he? Oh, yeah, so. he can play. Lewis, Lewis can play right back, and then you put Johnson at left back, which I'm surprised he didn't. Clough didn't try and um, exploit or at least tinker with on on Tuesday night. But that said, uh, this might be a controversial comment for some, but I actually think if you take Aaron Lewis out of that central midfield role um, on that right hand side of that midfield three. Not only do you lose a good midfielder who can get on the ball and, and create, but I think you also weaken Callum Johnson's game. I think those two are going to have a really good partnership down that right-hand side. I agree with Alan there. I wasn't massively impressed with Johnson last season. I know he sort of had a, a bit of an injury. He's got himself fit this pre-season. But um, with Lewis ahead of him, they understand each other's roles and they just work in tandem. Yeah. And actually, when Lewis um, went off, on Tuesday night, Johnson's game dipped a little bit, not massively, but you could see it dipped and you could no. see it wasn't quite working. Those two are going to be a, a good a good key partnership. And I mean to keep to be able to keep George Maris out of the team, you've got to have something about it, haven't you? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um and I just think 
the more games he plays in that role. I know he's played there before, but I know he's more of a, a defensive player. Clough will give him that freedom to, to get forward, Taras. Yeah. I think it will be a, a positive uh, move for us because understanding more than one role is obviously a Nigel Clough trait, but it's having yeah. this understanding roles and this understanding it and being able to execute it, which I think uh, Lewis does well. Agreed. Clough didn't, Clough didn't de- definitively say that Corrigal was out against Morecambe, did he? You just mentioned no. he got the spasms. So, no. Yeah. So no, he just said when he when he sorry when he put Flint on, uh, Flint in the team, you know, and he said he could do with some minutes, and that's why I only gave him seventy yeah. because he said Corrigal had a, had had a couple of spasms in his back, but you know he's feeling okay now. But it just made sense, didn't yeah. it, to give Flint to Flint the shirt and then. Put Cargill on for the last 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, hopefully the only change that is going to be made from last Saturday is obviously McDonald being being red-carded, right? So hopefully that, yeah. that's the only change. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, hopefully the squad depth's a little bit stronger this year. So, um, again, hopefully it's a good issue for uh, for Nigel to have. It is, and you know, we're, talk, we, we're talking, you know, in, in good context about Bailey Cargill being able to adapt to at, at left back. We're talking about Flynn, you know, probably staking a claim to play regularly there alongside uh, Alfie Kilgore. But what we've not mentioned is we've still got George Williams on the fringe as yeah, well. And he's by no means going to be a defender that will just come in and play a few games. He's a promotion winner a number of times up and yeah. down League One and, and League Two. And, mm. you know, you don't do that by playing the odd game. He's got a very good reputation. So, again, it's um, it's, it's food for thought. Yeah. I was, look, I was lucky enough because Chris Revel wasn't there on Tuesday. So, I was lucky enough to uh, interview George Williams mm. about four to seven. And he spoke very well, and he said he's, he can play anywhere along the back line, but tonight his favourite position is centre-back, even though he's not very tall. He says he thoroughly enjoys playing there, and he says he's probably too weak away. Yeah, that's not bad. I think, I think that will probably come just full right for that Sheffield Wednesday yeah. game in the Cup, and then obviously you've got the Papa Johns around that time as well, yeah. plus the introduction of the Reserve League. I actually think, you know... I think a good cup run is, is 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 vice. I know a few people say, well, if you get through the first round of the Carabao Cup, it's an extra fixture. If you get through the Papa John's, it's an extra fixture. For us this season, with, with the squad we've got, keeping everybody fit and available, cup yeah. runs uh, are going to be vital to keep giving players minutes and keep giving Nigel Clough headaches. Agreed. I just think it, I think it goes hand in hand. You get a good cup run and you keep you know the momentum going and keep the same side, Dutchwood, you know, with no big injuries, it can only bode well. That's it can because, I mean, eventually, third uh, third round, the big boys come in, and who knows where you can go. Yeah. I know we're going to beat Wednesday first. I, th- I think <laughs> no it's way. doable. You know, if you yeah. look at last season's FA Cup game, even when we weren't, uh, we were nowhere near as strong as what we are now. But again, we, no. we nearly beat them then. They've gone yeah. through a lot of change this summer as well. They're they're vulnerable. We we can beat them. Yeah, it's a good it's a winnable time. game, definitely. Completely. Um, final thoughts on that Grimsby game then, uh, Taras. And there's one person in particular I want to talk about, and that's Reese Oates. We're talking all about our new signings and uh, giving them uh, <laughs> and, and things like that. But Oates obviously last season didn't get the service that he wanted. Didn't quite have the season that he would have wished for either. No. Back in, a formation which now suits him. 
how key for, is it that for his mentality going forward this season that he got on the score sheet on Tuesday night, especially considering the absolute howler, which, uh, yeah, it's still in the air. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, well, it's, it's, it's vital, I think. It's vital that he has a good, he has a good season. Last season, he just didn't really find his form, did he? I think it was just kind of a, a mixture of things. I don't think he was ever fully fit. Uh, Saturday, I felt a bit sorry for him. Obviously, he was at fault for the first goal. Went to go, you know, the corner came in and he kind of just duffed it and it fell. And Dimitriou was right there just to, to curl it past Pim. Uh, and then, obviously, like I said earlier with the Aikens when he ran into the box. And I don't know what Oates was doing, but um, he did some good things on Saturday. And by all accounts, obviously, played well on Tuesday. Good for him to get off the score sheet. Like Nigel said, uh, forget if it was after Crew or if it was after Grimsby, but if you're a striker, you want to be scoring goals. You don't yeah. want to be getting five, six, ten games into the season, and um, but you want you want fitness as well. So I think with with Reese, I think it's a bit of both. I think obviously you want to see him on the score sheet. At the same time, you also just want to see him on the pitch, uh, which obviously he didn't. He kind of struggled with a bit last season. So, uh, but obviously, if he's firing on all cylinders. Uh, it can only bode bode well for the club. Yeah, and he's uh, getting in some good positions now. And you know, I Absolutely. think we've got we, we've got a real glimpse of the old Reese. I think he's so got something else to his game. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've noticed he's not as green. You know, the one that you said is still up there. It actually, I was looking <laughs> straight at him, and it bobbled just before he hit mm. it. It didn't actually bobble. It wasn't flat, you know. So I think I can let him off with that one. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think with a player, I think with a player like Reese, I think I'd be more concerned if he wasn't getting into the positions, which he wasn't yeah. last season. If you know, if he's if he's getting into the positions, but it's just maybe not falling for him, like you said, Alan. If it bobbles as he's about to shoot, at least he's he's there. You know what I mean? At least he's in the position. Yeah. So it, it'll fall for him, like I said, as long as he stays fit. Uh, but, I mean, you could say that about any, any, anybody in the side. But, um, obviously, he's, he's a key piece uh, to our attacking options. So Yeah, he, he is. Definitely. Certainly is. And, obviously, Lucas Aikens burying that penalty as well. Well taken. Good for him to get off the... He's, uh, he's all good. He's all good as well, to be fair. He's looked really good through two games. So, hopefully, he can keep it up. It's a tongue-in-cheek comment, but it's funny what happens when you play a formation, Alan, which brings the best out of the, the players that you've got, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing what happens, isn't it? Like I said before, you know, Quinn on the back post waiting for Oates to put them through balls in for him where he just taps them in, nods them in, whatever. It is looking really good. But I just don't think he's as greedy as he was last year. But, I mean, the times he got the ball on Tuesday night when he shouldn't have been anywhere near it. Mm. You know, with his speed, his pace, his tenacity, he's just, in my opinion, he's just a top player. Yeah. Yeah. He really is. I Absolutely. think, if anything, last season, he probably tried a bit too hard. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think with him last year, there was a, a lot of pressure on his shoulders. He'd obviously had the, the injury the, the, the season before, but before that, had a yeah. superb spell where he was, yeah. you know, everything he touched turned to gold and, 
then when we changed the system, he just couldn't get back into it. And Will Swan obviously started well. And again, Will Swan, we've got now, but he's obviously out injured at the minute. And to be honest, yeah. if he was fit and available on Saturday afternoon, would I put him straight into the starting eleven? No, I wouldn't, because I think no. what we've got, no. I think Aikens, Keel, Dunn and Oates are forming a, a really good yeah. forward line. And I love the fact that we're not playing with a flat three. We've got Keeler done with that little bit of roll and that yeah. roll to room in, in behind and really open the gaps. It's uh, it's proving fruitful thus far. So uh, long may that continue. Uh, right, still lots more to talk about. As always, you can have your say on your team in the comments. Keep your comments coming in. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, Tuesday night's Man of the Match and why uh, I think uh, he and uh, Lewis are the, uh, the beating heart of our team. Um, at the minute, plus we're going to have a little look at uh, extra time. Anyone else uh, a little bit uh, surprised that there was only two minutes on Tuesday night when there was about 75 minutes everywhere else? Uh, we'll talk more about that and how it can impact on your tactics. And we'll look ahead to that game on Saturday afternoon as the Stags welcome Morecambe to the One Course Stadium. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. Proud to be part of the TalkSport fan network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Coming to you live from uh, a Premier Inn in Cardiff uh, tonight with a little work trip for me. Uh, the only time this week I've got to do it and we're in uh, hotel Wi-Fi. So, so far, so good. Um, it's all going uh, swimmingly uh, well. Watch it go downhill now. You've just jinxed it. You've just... I know. Yeah. <laughs> I've just jinxed myself. I know it's all good fun. Um, but if, you, if the sound is a little bit different, that is why. And I've also got a fan on the go just uh, over here because it's absolutely boiling in uh, here. And being a ginger, I've been outside in the sun all day. I am burnt. Let me tell you, that I am absolutely burnt. You probably can. You can probably see there. I look yeah, like I can, I can see that. Like an absolute squash. You don't, I'm not even going to bother showing you my legs. Anyway, let's get <laughs> back to talking about Matchball, shall we? Yeah, I know I won't. Um, and of course, uh, Tuesday night. I know we were just talking about it, but there's one more person that I do want to talk about, and that's from both Tuesday and Saturday, and that is uh, Lewis Reed. obviously signed in January, but then got the injury on his debut and didn't really come back in until the very end uh, of the campaign. And he's uh, he's worked really, really hard in closed season, Alan, to, to get up there, and you can really tell why he's one of the most sought-after midfielders uh, in the league. He is next level. I was saying, I, I, <laughs> I did the Man of the Match interview with him after, and I called him the Mansfield Perlow. <laughs> <laughs> just, just think it was that good. It, everything he touched turned to go. You know, the 25-yard pass, every time he looked at Quinney, every time he looked at Callum Johnson, it was there every time on the on the money. 
And it, it's just bossing it, isn't it, at the moment? He's thoroughly enjoying his football, I think. Yeah, and what I love about him, Taras, is the fact that he actually doesn't want the ball. If you watch him play, no. he, he, he moves into gaps, he pulls defenders away, he does not want the ball. And when he gets the ball to feet, just count. Honestly, on Saturday, just count. He does not keep the ball for more than three seconds, five max, because he pops it off, creates space. Yeah. And he, he really, he, he's the driving force, he's the link between yeah. the two Sitting just in front of the back four, he's, he's been really, really well in, in that role. I know he'll probably want to play a little bit higher, but actually it really suits him and complements us more. And for me, I like him to a metronome because he just is that little tap, 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 just constantly keeping, yeah. that beat, keeping that rhythm, keeping us ticking over without actually doing too much. And um, I think we're, I, my worry would be um, if we do miss him for a few games, I think it will really, really show that we uh, that we miss him. Yeah, agreed. I think what, one of them, well, I guess probably the most important thing that I admire about him is like any good midfielder, before he even gets the ball, he knows what he's going to do with it. Uh, mm. Kind of like what you were alluding to. Before before the ball even comes to him, he, I think he's already identified where which side of the pitch he's going to go, who he's going to give it to. He can kind of identify, um, you know, through balls quite well, long passes, short passes. So, He's uh, sitting in front of that back four. I think he's a, a tremendous asset. He was another one that kind of came in and didn't kind of struggled a little bit, I think, to adapt. But hopefully now with a good summer behind him, good good preseason, uh, it'll just kind of become like clockwork with him. Yeah, and he's, he's never really had injuries in his career up until last season. And, and yeah. you know, the reason once he gets more games under his belts and, you know, we're only two games and he's still forming partnerships. And I think, him and, and uh, Lewis will be difficult to shift in that midfield three. They understand each other's roles. They complement each other in terms of uh, space and things like that, which is great. But uh, I think another thing with, uh, with with Lewis Reed, I think, is that thing of just moving that ball. He, he, I think for me, Alan, is what we expected Hiram Boateng to be, but the difference is that he can is capable of using both feet. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like uh, Tara said, he, I don't think uh, he had a really good, you know, a productive season at Boateng last year. He came into his own towards the end of the season, I think, and started playing quite well. And I think he could be the foil if ever Quinn gets injured. Or, you know, he, he needs to come off, you know, if he gets off-tedded, whatever, because he's a good left-sided player. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, we will drop into that role of what Quinn does. Not as good as Quinn, because, I mean, he's still, still doing the business at 37. But, uh, yeah, Lewis Reed is something else. Yeah. After Tuesday night, they were head and shoulders. Although Lewis did play well. Yeah, and, uh, and that's the thing. Just I think Lewis Reed's performance just sort of maybe uh, took the limelight away from, from Aaron Lewis, but... Um, again, he's an, he's another one who won't do much on the ball. He'll drive with it when he has it, Taras. But again, he, he moves into space and he allows Callum Johnson to, to get forward. And uh, with the way that Nigel Clough wants to play, getting those full-backs up the pitch, that's mm -hmm. exactly the, the type of midfielder that I want in that role. I almost don't want our midfield to get on the ball. I want them to pull players into spaces and open up gaps for us to exploit. Yeah, and I was just yeah, just before you finish, I was just gonna say like, if you've got two fullbacks that are that are stretching the other team, it's gonna create space for everybody else. So you can kind of see 
and kind of understand what what why Clough wants to play the way the way he wants why he wants to play the way he's playing. Um, and obviously, like like we were saying earlier, I think he's just fine. He's finally got so it seems so far anyway. He's got the right pieces to do that. Yeah, certainly, uh, certainly has. Right, let's come to some more of your comments. Keep them coming in and have your say on your team. Craig says, without running away with ourselves, I do feel more confident with our squad this season, including the numbers. We seem to have each position covered twice over, albeit some can play in multiple positions. Paul adds, I think this is the best and most balanced team we've had in years. Scott says, without doubt, I think this is the best squad we've had since we lost against Huddersfield all those years ago. All over the pitch, we're strong, no doubt. James Gale is somebody I can't wait to see more of. His time will come, but I think he could be a real weapon for us uh, off of the bench, especially late on in games. Uh, Paul says, Lewis Reed's playing very well at the moment. Why are the players getting injured so early in pre-season? Is there training? Um, John says, hi, guys. Been a while. Hope you're all okay. Uh, Chris says, Reed is the icing on the cake of a very capable midfield. Stag chat adds, we have goal scorers in the mix. This team will gel quick uh, from the first 11 to the subs and the hype of the season's ticket sales uh, will push them even further. Um, Scott says, I thought when Reed played last year, you couldn't, you could see he wasn't 100% fit, but now he looks, looks another level. Fit as a fiddle, tackling hard, best passer I think we have. Anthony Hartigan, though, we haven't seen the best of him yet and he's like for like replacement if Reed gets injured. Again, Hartigan, you know I have a real frustration with this because we didn't need him then and we still don't need him now. But he's no. a very capable player. But now we he comes, any player that comes with a title in their name, which includes the word specialist, I automatically want more from them. We now have defenders and able bodies in that squad who are capable of doing damage from set pieces Anthony Hartigan is a set-piece specialist, so when he's on the pitch, I expect us to be scoring from set-pieces. Well, that's fair comment, you know, because he did he did come with that uh, mantle, didn't he? he? was There was quite a few clubs after him, apparently, and we uh, was lucky enough to get his signature, but I agree with the comment. I says, I think he will come good, yeah. given the chance, but he's just going to have to, it's like, like George Maris. I've always been saying that if Maris plays well, Mansfield play well. Mm. But at the moment, he just can't get in the side. And, you know, fair play to Nigel for keeping the same team. But I think Artigan will come good. Here's one for you. All the all of you midfielders are fit and available. Um, who's the three that you're playing? Because I don't think we I don't think we could actually agree on a three. Yeah. Alan, I'll let you I'll let you go first and, uh, and and I think there'd be a few permutations, wouldn't they? I would at this present time, as much as I love George Maris, I would leave it as it is. But if if, this, if you were Nigel, hypothet hypothetically yeah. you're Nigel Clough, you've got all midfielders available, regardless of how we've been playing. Yeah, who's your, who's your first choice three? Who's your top three? The tough one that is. <laughs> uh, I would say Quinny, because you can't, you know, you can't knock the bloke, whether he's thirty-seven or not. Uh, I'd probably put, yeah, I'd put uh, Lewis in there for his tenacity, and probably I might drop Maris at the side of him. Okay, so you'd put Maris in for Reed. 
Oh, oh no! Oh, sorry. Now, now I'd leave Reed where. Yeah, Reed, Reed's a, a shoe. Oh, so you yeah, you drop Lewis. It'd be Quinn. It'd be Quinn, Reed, and Maris. Your three, your top three would be Quinn, Reed, and Maris. No, it would be. I see what you mean now. It would be Quinn, Lewis, and Reed at the moment. Yeah. Okay, so you'd stick with that, Nigel Fluff Scott. Yeah. Uh, Taras, what about you? Everybody's fit and available. So we're talking Ollie Clark here on Boateng, um, Anthony Hartigan, yeah. George Maris. Um, and 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 the rest. Who's your top three? Maris is in there for me. Um, it's a tough one, isn't it? It really is difficult. It is. It's, um, it's a good conundrum it is, to have. It is. That's the thing, and it's not something that Nigel's been used to. So, you know, it's 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 good. I mean, we're talking about like how many players aren't in the side right now, just through injury and whatnot. You know. Flint came off the bench at Crew, obviously because of the red card. If you if you got him on the bench, if Clark's fit and available, who are you taking out now? So let's just say for yeah. argument's sake, he's on the bench. Boateng's on the bench. Craig, you said if Swan was fit, you wouldn't have him starting. So he's on the bench. It's you know what I mean. But even if even if you took players that were in the side now and you replaced them with the players I just mentioned. Are we any weaker? You know what I mean? It's a, it is. It's a good problem to have. I'm trying to think who played at Crew. It was he went with he went with Quinn. Say the, the same three. Yeah. The, the same three, yeah. Quinn, Reed and uh, and Lewis, yeah, with with I the mean, three. I hate to say it. I don't I don't I don't know where Hartskin fits in. I, I just I you know, I'm I'm sure he's a he's a lovely guy, and uh, you know, I'm oh, it's sure nothing he, personal. I don't hate a, the guy, but no, he's he's a, he's a good player. Know. But it's for me, if I was making a list of a pecking order of midfielders that I would would put in in any combination, Anthony Hartigan and and feel free to shoot me down with, with it, and Hiram Botang don't make they're the, the bottom two in my list. Honestly. I think Artigan will come good if Reed gets injured because I think if they like for like players, he can do that role. Mm. But obviously, he's got to be given chance. But at the moment, he's not getting anywhere near yeah. because of how Reed's playing. I I said earlier, I think Boateng has stepped up a little, stepped up a level. That's not to say he's he's blown past. You yeah. know, I'm just saying he's improved. I'm not saying I would put him in the starting eleven. I just think he looks a little bit more comfortable on the ball. He's more willing to kind of go into tackles. He looks a little bit more engaged when he's out there. I'm not, but I'm not saying I'd have him, you know, first name on the team sheet or anything like that. He just looks a little bit more comfortable to me. He looks comfortable on the ball when it's on his left foot. But if you put Hiram Bowen yeah. taking the football at his right foot, you might as well play me because that guy is useless with the with the right foot. He, he has no <laughs> right foot. No, yeah, fair point. To be fair, it's balanced out with a tremendous left foot. Yeah. But the amount of times that he gets into that position, the ball comes across the edge of the box, and you're thinking, hit this with your right, that's curling in. Right, he yeah. has to turn back onto his left every single time because he can't use his right foot. And yeah. that's, another, that's, that's really... another reason why he goes down the pecking order yeah. for me because Ollie Clark, right foot, left foot, can use it. Yeah. I was just about to say that because Ali Clark yeah. wouldn't have a problem, would he? No, in fact, I was watching Ollie Clark um, in the warm up against Cruz. He did a little bit of um, light work and he was rasping him in with his left foot um, and his yeah. right foot. And again, 
feel free to shoot me down. But like, like a lot of the comments are saying, you know, it, it's going to be a headache picking the whole team. But with 20 extra minutes on each game, it's going to be um, starters and finishers. Hartigan could be the one um, you bring on for the last 20 minutes if you're a goal down, chasing a draw, um, supporting set plays, says Craig. But again, Maris can do it. Arguably, I think Maris puts yeah. him back in. Um, it's a good conundrum to have. Will Hartigan get loaned out? I don't think Nigel Clough will, you know, let anybody no. let anybody other than John Joe at all leave. Let's be honest. Um, I think if there is going to be one that goes out, it will probably be him, which is a shame. Um, but he's injured, yeah. though, isn't he? Well, Nigel Clough says just, just Nigel Clough says he's injured. Um, yeah. I don't know. But like I said last week, you know, once he's grown his hair back, it'll look identical to Aiden Flint. Bar Aiden height, Flint, so. yeah. <laughs> if Chris half asleep, he might get a game. Um, so there <laughs> you go. Um, bring back uh, John says, bring Jamie Maguire back and the old and the old crew, and still think them guys could give the others a run out. Players need to wear it uh, from their sleeves like the old players. Jamie would have um, stopped half of the attacks. I'd still put a Jamie Maguire now above Hiram Botang and Anthony Hartigan. <laughs> Just saying. Anyway, shall we move on before I start getting death threats sent to this hotel in car? Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> probably. Um, let's talk very. Um, let's talk uh, time because on Saturday at Crew there was a, a big number of additional minutes added on as they were up and down down the country. I think. Um, and is it more tactical management point of view? I've subs still this season, which I'm a big fan of. Um, but I just think tactically in those edits, it could be a real thing where managers earn their money. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that, Craig. Yeah, definitely. Because I mean he's got all the tools he can implement whenever he wants to, you know, as long as there's he can use fire, but you know, you have to do them in a certain manner and order, don't you? You know, you can only bring so many on at whatever time and whatever. But, yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that because it could change a game if it was, you know, drawing two minutes to go, whatever, and then they put the nine minutes up or whatever. You've got nine minutes for your people like Gale or Swan to go and make a big difference. Yeah. Um, also, you know, the, the comment about Jamie Maguire is actually watching. Evening, Jammer. Hope you're well. Um, <laughs> all right, Jammer. Um, <laughs> keep your comments coming in. Um, Craig says, we have not mentioned Pim much. Jory's still out for me and would like to see Flinders get some minutes. Maybe Papa John's trophy. Yeah, we've not mentioned Pim um, because we're running out of time. Uh, I'm sure the, the time will come to uh, talk about him a little bit more. Um, Scott says you could pick so many combos there There with the options it's a long season I agree with the Boateng comment last third of last year he came good looks decent so far this year it's exciting you need a squad to get promoted I think if any player don't, uh, doesn't want to leave um, doesn't want to be there Clough would get rid like he did with uh, DJ um, absolutely um, right that is almost with all we've got time for because I've noticed my Wi-Fi is going a little bit dodgy in this uh, this hotel Obviously, it's uh, coming up to eight o'clock, and there are clearly more people trying to get onto onto it, like Cam visiting dodgy websites. Um, so let's move swiftly on to podcast predictions. Uh, now, I was trying to get the table up from uh, uh, from from this week just to see um, who was uh, who was leading. But as I am on dodgy hotel Wi-Fi, if I do go a little bit, uh, it goes a little. Bit 
why. I'm going to try and log back in and uh, have a little look at who is um, who, who is leading. Uh, before we do, before I manage to uh, do that, Alan, um, final thoughts on the first two the uh, the first two games uh, so far. Very positive. We all said last year that we thought it to be a bigger squad, you know, to get us promoted. We've got that now. We've got the players in that matter who can take place of those if they get injured or, you know, dip in form, whatever. And I'm very, very confident. Yeah, absolutely. Likewise, I can't get the table up, so I'll have to uh, reveal that for you uh, next week. Uh, so without further ado, uh, we definitely do need to change this because I'm not the mass but uh this was made spirit of alan wilson uh this week time for the guessing game which brings you zero fame play the jingle so will they win lose or draw and doesn't want to play that's a so will they annoying. win lose or draw and what will be the score so will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? It's the guessing game that brings you zero fame. But to be the best, you must outguess the rest. So will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? In the League or Cup, you just make it up. Because they're just works of fiction. It's podcast predictions. Will they win, lose or draw? There clearly are people in this hotel trying to access some don't websites with uh, that just playing <laughs> quite randomly uh, right it is time for podcast predictions apologies for that um nathan and clive have both sent their predictions in uh, ahead and they've both gone for a 2-0 victory with davis keeler done being named man of the match uh tara since as as you're our guest this week uh, we'll hand over to you in this brand new podcast predictions game mind that we're looking for the outcome for mansfield mansfield goal scores and and then uh, a man of the match and a reminder to those playing at home that in the goals scored column we're looking for a figure aka two or three and not names like Aikens and Oak. Taras over to you. So you just want the results I'm going to say 3-1 Mansfield. Um, You want all the goals? Man of the match. Man of the match? No just man of the match. Good question. I'm going to say I'm going to say Kilgore. There we go. Uh, Alan, over to you. I would go exactly the same score, 3-1. And I would go Aikens. Aikens, Aikens. Okay. Um, I am going to uh, go brave. I am going to go 4-1 win. Um, And the (laughs) the match will be uh, Reese Oates. Um, so again, uh, if you want to play along with podcast predictions, the link that you need is in the description and you'll find all the rules on there as well. Uh, that is almost all we've got time for. Taras, thanks so much for, for joining us uh, tonight. Uh, you've had some really good uh, impacts uh, on the show. Uh, please do uh, feel free to uh, join us again. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, what's your final thoughts uh, ahead of uh, Morecambe and, and the rest of the season? How are you feeling two games in? Very positive, like Alan said earlier. It's been uh, been a very positive start to the season. More comes a little bit of an unknown, just with them getting relegated last season. Uh, I do think Mansfield will win. Um, just like like we've discussed before, Craig. It's just all about injuries and keeping the squad fit. I think as long as Nigel and, and his team can do that, then there's no reason why uh, 
can't kick on and hopefully potentially get automatic at the end of the season. So uh, all comes down to squad, you know, squad fitness. And uh, uh, you can see what he's trying to accomplish and how he's trying to play. Just hopefully he's got the resources to do that. Absolutely right. That is all we've got time for tonight. Alan, rest up the voice and hope that you're better for uh, Saturday afternoon. Otherwise, you yeah, really be will fine. be giving it your best Barry White impression. Um, and Taras, thanks again for joining us. And no thanks to you at home for joining us as well. Uh, this is the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Long may this sexy, fluid football continue and long may this winning feeling continue as well. We've got a long season ahead. And I can't wait to watch the rest of it unfold. We'll see you next time. Well, that's all we've got time for on this week's podcast. I hope that the uh, Premier in Wi-Fi managed to stay strong throughout and that you didn't experience too many technical difficulties tonight. Technically, I am in a different country everybody else so you know we'll see how it goes anyway as always don't forget to get involved on social media throughout the week and of course continue the guessing game which brings you zero fame in podcast predictions the link that you need is in the description and a reminder that you must enter no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff on saturday afternoon right that's it from me in wales and from everybody else as well we will see you next time on the show for the fans by the fans this is the Mansfield Matters podcast. Good night. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.